0: You're listening to a Countout Podcast. In 1991, the first ever G1 Climax was born. Replacing the former World Leagues and IWGP League tournaments, this new tournament took the top heavyweights New Japan Pro Wrestling had to offer to see who truly was the best in the promotion. But not everyone got the opportunity to compete in the G1 Climax. After all, the G1 Climax was for the best of the best, and to be invited in was an honor in of itself some wrestlers never appeared while some competed year in and year out today however we will be discussing the men that got the call only one time this is g1 and only Welcome to G1 and Only, my name is Ryan Knightsey. On today's episode, we will be discussing three more wrestlers, one and only G1 Climax appearances. At the beginning of Enokiism in New Japan, the G1 Climax started to take a turn in the kind of competition that took place in the ring. Plus, we have a ginormous tournament to kick off the new millennium with four blocks, now with juniors mixing up with heavyweights again. But for our sake, we are focused on three wrestlers, MMA fighter Brian Johnston, NWO Japan member, Hiro Saito, and junior heavyweight champion, Tasutio Takaiwa. First off, I have to address the elephant in the recording studio, These wrestling matches, in all intents and purposes, uh, don't exist online anywhere. Uh, The DVDs can't be purchased. Uh, The video is not on NewJapanWorld.com. Nowhere. Uh, The closest I can get to finding footage of any of these matches was a defunct forum with posts about some of these matches posted years ago. Uh, So I am effectively on a ghost trail, Uh, but that won't stop me today. Sure, I can't watch their matches to give a proper review of their G1 Climax performances, but this G1 Climax was still special, and these three individuals deserve some amount of reverence and respect. Like I said, the 2000 G1 Climax was different in many ways. First, it was the first G1 Climax to include junior heavyweights into the tournament. Those juniors were the legend Jushin Thunder Liger and a man we will discuss today, Tessutio Takaiwa. Additionally, this tournament was broken into four blocks of five wrestlers. Also, the point system was adjusted from two points for a victory, one for a draw and one for a loss, to one point for a victory, zero points for a draw or a loss. So wins matter even more here controversial changes at the very least, but hey, like I said, it's a new millennium. After doing some research, there may be a reason footage of this G1 Climax doesn't exist is an opinion at the very least, but according to the Wrestling Observer, the 2000 G1 Climax was, quote, the most lackluster G1 tournament in history. It was also a flop at the gate, with only two of the six shows selling out. The first night at Sumo Hall only drew 8,500, which is the smallest crowd for wrestling in that arena in years, end quote, at the time of this posting. Whether or not New Japan is purposefully burying a bad show or DVAD outlets or not selling the 2000 G1 Climax sounds completely fair, but maybe this will be the first episode where I read results and get upset by stuff, but I'll, I'll tell you what, I mean, I may be the only person in the world right now that is dying to see the 2000 G1 climax, and I will continue to search until I find my holy grail. Then again, these matches might be freaking awful. We'll see when we get there, won't we? Speaking of, let's read about the 2000 G1 climax participants. To understand why someone like Brian Johnston was in the G1 climax is to understand the concept of New Japan's fan favorite word, Anokiism. Uh, to put it as short as possible, basically, Antonio Anoki uh, was the head booker uh, for New Japan. Because MMA was getting really popular in Japan at the time, Anoki and in the New Japan office saw money on the table. So, New Japan began to insert legit MMA fighters into their roster. This roughly started at the 1999 Wrestle Kingdom, where Ogawa utterly destroyed uh, Shinya Hashimoto and what became a shoot fight. The problem is that shoot fighters tend to be way better at fighting than worked fighting. Uh, You Think of WWF's Brawl for All, but think of that as multi-year booking. It's a cool concept on paper, but in practice, it delegitimizes your wrestlers. So for Brian Johnston, an MMA-style wrestler on the New Japan roster, his inclusion here in the 2000 G1 Climax was an easy fit for him. Californian native Brian The Fury Johnston began his career in UFC. Across 10 matches in one year, Johnston was 5-5 with 3 wins by knockout and 2 wins by submission. Two months after Johnston's last UFC fight, Johnston traveled to Japan and became quote-unquote wrestling in New Japan, with his first match against Ogawa. Johnston continued to wrestle, mainly in tag team matches, until he arrived for the G1 Climax. But before we move on, let's discuss Hiro Saito, seeing that he was in the same Block B as Bryan's Johnston. Hiro Saito was born in Kawasaki, Japan, on May 25, 1961. Trained by Tokyo Joe, Saito would debut in 1978 for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Saito won the WWF Junior Heavyweight Championship in 1985 and then the NWA World's Junior Heavyweight Championship in July of that same year. But both title reigns were incredibly short-lived. Saito would bounce to All Japan where he would win the World Junior Heavyweight Championship there as well. When Saito returned to New Japan as a heavyweight, he formed a team with Super Strong Machine and won the IWGP Tag Team Championships in 1990. But when that team dissolved, Saito would find himself in Team Wolf, a stable that would later turn into an NWO Japan. We've actually seen Hiro Saito before in the 1995 G1 Climax, seconding stable leader Masahiro Chono in his match against fellow G1 and only member Ric Flair. Because footage of these matches seemed to be locked behind the Lions Vault, let's discuss how Johnston and Saito did in the G1 Climax on paper. In Johnston's first match, on Night 1, he wrestled former G1 Climax winner Kintsuki Sasuke for 6 minutes and 48 seconds. Johnston ended up losing this match, which, I mean, it's Kintsuki Sasuke, so that kind of makes sense. This match would earn Johnston no points, putting him at the bottom of the board. Saito would also have his match on Night 1 against Usama Kido, a match that ended in a double countout after 6 minutes and 29 seconds. With this double count out, both Saito and Kido joined Johnston in the zero point territory of the block, with Sasuke being the only person with one point. Satoshi Kojima did not wrestle. Moving on to Night 2, Brian Johnston and Hiro Saito wrestled each other, so we're really killing two birds of one stone here. Johnston would end up winning the bout in 5 minutes and 18 seconds. Kojima defeated Kido, and Sasuke did not wrestle. Block B now has Kensuke Sasuke, Brian Johnston, and Satoshi Kojima all with one point, and Hiro Saito and Osama Kido with zero. With two matches out of the way, Hiro Saito has already been mathematically eliminated, yes folks! In this small of a block, there is literally no way for Saito or Kido to win the block. Exciting stuff, right? This is what the issue already is coming to be for the 2000 G1 Climax, I'm afraid. On night three of the G1 Climax, Brian Johnston competed against fellow block leader Satoshi Kojima, where he would lose in 10 minutes and 8 seconds, the longest match of the block so far. Despite being mathematically eliminated, let's still check in on Hiro Saito. What's that? He lost to a Kinsuku Sasuke in a double countout again? Great, 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 great. Block B now has Satoshi Kojima of 2 points, Kensuki Sasuke and Brian Johnston with 1, and Hirisaido and Osama Akito continue to kick it at the bottom of the block with 0 points. Brian Johnston's path to success now with one match left in the tournament is a must-win in his next match, which would bring him to 2. Kojima and Sasuke must draw on their match, and Kojima must lose his final match, ending in a tie with Johnston. So it is not looking good for Brian Johnston, honestly, here already. Well, let's continue along. On night four, Brian Johnston wrestled his final match in Block B by defeating Osama Kido in five minutes and 38 seconds. Hiro Saito did not wrestle, and Kensuke Sasuke defeated Kojima. Block B now has Johnston, Kojima, and Sasuke, all with two points, with Kido and Saito thinking about, you know, they're just going to hit the bar. Just, you know I I we'll skip the last night and just hit the bar or something. Johnston now must have Sasuke and Kojima both lose their matches to tie, but I mean, those matches will be against Kido and Saito respectively, so like, it's not looking good for even a tie for Brian Johnston, but I mean, what are you going to do, I guess? Saito and Kojima go to a double count-out, so for Saito, why, why he's in the goddamn tournament, I don't know. But for Johnston, with Kojima getting no points, his hope lies on the 50-year-old Osama Kido. And bing-bang-boom, Kensuke Sasuke defeats Osama Kido, 4 minutes 21 seconds. How surprising, honestly. Who would have guessed that a former G1 Climax winner defeats the guy with zero points in the block? Conclusion I wish I could tell you that Johnston's and Saito's matches were these outstanding spectacles of athletic feats, but sadly I cannot, and if I were able to watch these matches, I would have doubted their significance to begin with. Let's look at Hiro Saito. The man literally does not win a single match and gets three double countouts, with all matches being sub 6.5 minutes. Sure, he was part of NWO Japan at the time, so maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe like they were getting involved in the match, and that's what was causing the double countouts. But if that also if that's the case, maybe you should be a new faction because you're not winning matches. But that's still not great to watch, nonetheless. This is the G1 Climax, the most historic summer tournament in history. Of wrestling. What are we doing here? And for Brian Johnston. I mean, what, what what is this guy doing? He's just he's in there. He's losing some guys and doesn't get that far. It's sort of disappointing how even on just on paper, uh, these matches don't seem exciting. When you look at uh, modern day G1 Climax matches, there is at least like an excitement like, oh, the last night could have three or four different people win if different things fall in place. But here you have people mathematically eliminated on night two you got people who you know, potentially could win it. I, I, it seems all, I don't know what we're doing. Hiro Saito would continue to wrestle in New Japan for many years, but never made it back into the G1 Climax, possibly due to being relegated down the card in favor of more MMA style wrestlers. This relegation would cause Hiro Saito to leave the promotion altogether for Tatsumi Fujinami's Muga promotion. Saito would bounce back to New Japan from time to time, as recently as 2018 for Lionsgate Project 12, teaming with Tenzan to take on Ren Narita and Rusuke Taguchi. At age 59, Saito still wrestles in Fujinami's promotion today, and is still waiting for his first point in the G1 Climax. Brian Johnston would continue to wrestle in New Japan for another year until, very sadly... He suffered a massive stroke in August 2001, tragically three weeks after his wedding. Thankfully, Johnston is still alive today, having a nearly miraculous recovery. Johnston would speak about his stroke, saying, quote, The type of stroke I had, 90% of people die within the first year. The other 10% really cannot do anything on their own. My rehab had turned me from almost paralyzed. Now I'm able to beat the odds and mentally get tougher for my daughter. I'm a hundred times, a million times tougher than I was as a fighter. Now I'm a full-time father, end quote. Just a truly remarkable story. As one of the first two juniors to ever compete in the G1 Climax, Tasutio Takaiwa was extremely talented. He traveled all over Japan, wrestling in New Japan, of course, but also Zero-One, All Japan, and NOAH. Plus, the man entered the G1 Climax as the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Takaiwa began training with New Japan in 1992 as a member of the New Japan Pro Wrestling Dojo. He was in the same class as Shinjiro Otani, someone he became tag team partners with, where they would go on to win the IWGP Junior Tag Team Championships as the inaugural champions. Takaiwa and Otani would continue to find success as a tag team, but eventually Takaiwa focused on singles gold, where he was able to win it on July of 2000, against Jushin Thunder Liger. One month later, Takaiwa entered the G1 Climax. On night one of Block D in the 2000 G1 Climax, Tasuta Takaiwa took on Mr. G1 Climax himself, Masahira Chono, in a 14 minute and 22 second loss. Of course, this was an incredibly tough task, but going 15 minutes with a heavyweight to the likes of Chono is still very impressive. Other block members, Shiro Koshinaka, defeated Yutakawa, Yoshi, and Junji Hirata did not compete. After night one, Shiro Koshinaka and Masahiro Chono are sitting pretty with one point, with Takaiwa, Yoshi, and Hirata with zero. Moving on to night two, Junji Hirata made his G1 Climax debut by defeating our guy, Tasutu Takaiwa. One has to remember that there is a disparity between heavyweights and juniors in New Japan lore, as you know, as it's long been a one-sided affair. Chono defeated Yoshi, and Koshinaka did not compete. After night two, Masahiro Chono had two points, Koshinaka and Hirata had one, and Yoshi and Takaiwa had zero. Not looking good for a junior heavyweight champion, but again, like I said, zero points is not... Uh, something uh, unknown to juniors when facing heavyweights but with those zero points Takawa must win the rest of his matches uh, and for Masahiro Chono to lose all of his and Hirata to lose two of his uh, granted I don't know how tiebreakers, tiebreaker rules were in effect here but Chono did not have a win over Takawa so I would imagine this means that Takawa has already been mathematically eliminated but well, let's see if we can confirm that on night three uh, on night three, actually, Takaiwa takes his break for the tournament. Koshinaka defeated Shono and Yoshi defeated Hirata. Um, so after night three, Koshinaka and Shono are at two. Yoshi and Harata are at one, and Takaiwa is at zero with two matches left to go. On night four, Takaiwa is back at what's that? Loses again, this time to Yoshi? Ah, dang it. <laughs> Hirata defeats Koshinaka and Shono does not wrestle. So after night 4, everyone's at 2 points, except Takaiwa, meaning he has been mathematically eliminated from the G1 Climax. Again, I'm going to say it again, you must remember that he is a junior heavyweight, a division that when facing heavyweights in New Japan typically stares up at the lights. You would think being the champion would warrant a win, with one match left though, it's not looking good. So we move on to night five. Takaiwa is taking on Koshinaka. Uh, Koshinaka is, uh, we've talked about him before. I think he's like a former um, former junior heavyweight. Wait, 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 hold on. What am, what am I, am, wait a second. Am I reading this right? Takaiwa gets the win and he defeated Shiro Koshinaka, former junior heavyweight champion himself. Finally, baby, we got the win. Very excited about that. Chono, however, defeats Hirata and Yoshi does not wrestle, so Block D at the end of everything stands at Chono with 3 points and in is your winner, Koshinaka, Hirata, and Yoshi with 2, and Kaiwa with 1 point. Again, people, it's not about how many points you get, it's about who you beat, which in this case is a former junior, so maybe not that good. Conclusion. In what was another disappointing watch, or I guess read along, RG1 and only wrestler Tasuto Takaioa wasn't able to pull out a victory. But that's okay, he's a junior heavyweight, he's still champion, and everyone he lost to can't challenge him for the title. So on the bright side, he might have his championship even longer. Takaioa would lose his championship to Minoru Tanaka in October of 2000. Okay, there we (laughs) go, that's it. After Shinya Hashimoto was fired from New Japan, a casualty of inoki Hashimoto and Atani went on to form Pro Wrestling Zero One. Being longtime tag partners with him, Takai joined the promotion where he would work to this day as a freelancer. Takai would make appearances in New Japan in the 2008 Best of the Super Junior Tournament and debuted later as the fifth Black Tiger. All in all, the 2000 G1 Climax, well... It was a thing. You know, I'm disappointed in not being able to watch the matches. You know, barely any of these matches seemed must watch or even could can watch. Most matches were sub seven minutes with only a few breaking the 10 minute mark when it was an important wrestler like Masahiro Chono. I appreciate the idea of having a huge four block tournament, but in practice, it doesn't seem to be effective, which seems like a common trend in the Inoki era of New Japan. But, like New Japan, let's put the 2000 G1 Climax behind us, and move forward towards the future. In two weeks, we return to your regular scheduled two-block round-robin tournament, a format that, from this moment on, becomes the official format of the G1 Climax. We dive headfirst into the 2001 G1 Climax with two wrestlers, Kazanura Murakami and another junior heavyweight in Minoru Tanaka. This time, wrestlers find themselves in the exact same block. So it's going to be interesting from our point of view. But until then, please continue to stay safe, everybody. And I will talk to you all in two weeks on G1 and only.